I just uh, realized that I have never done the intro, so I'm going to try and say all the things that Nico says. What does he say? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the After Buzz. I'm Nico Ajimian, except Nico's not here today. So Buzz and uh, Joanna, who's got her, uh, what is that, like a, what do you call that? A horn? Yeah, but it's a specific kind of horn. I don't know. Like at a party. A party horn. Like at a drop the beat. Yeah. Uh, Nico's absence today, he has uh, three medical conditions that he's dealing with. Number what? one, he uh-huh. believes bronchitis. Okay. Number yeah. two, his hiatal hernia. His hernia, yeah. Mm. Number three? A male pattern baldness, as always. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to fill in and do the after buzz uh-huh. today. Are Joanne, we to assume he won't be in tomorrow? He told me he was definitely, definitely going to be in tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> but I think tonight is his trivia night at Scenic. Oh, right. So I don't know how that's going to go for him. It could be that's, just you and me tomorrow. It could be just the, the two, two of us. us. Uh, we went yesterday. I think this is a fun thing to talk about, but I want to say ahead of time, I will, I will not include any spoilers. Okay. Uh, for the movie that we went to go see, Martin Scorsese's Good. Killers of the Flower Moon, which stars Leonardo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and Robert De Niro. Um, so we went and got, saw that yesterday. Th- this is based on true history in the 1920s, mostly in the 20s, the uh, Osage tribe in Oklahoma, uh-huh. because of their oil being found on their land, were the richest population per capita in the entire world. You know who just saw it and also did a review of it? Mm-mm. Our good friend BT. Oh yeah, BT gave it a good review. He did and he's all like they didn't teach us this and they he's did like not. I grew up in that area. And we had to take Oklahoma history. We had to take several Oklahoma history classes. Right, we took Texas history. They never mm-hmm. mentioned this whole thing about the the Osage Indian murders, and they never mentioned the race riots. That's in exactly Tulsa. what he said. That was left out. I can confirm what <laughs> BT is saying. Conveniently left out. Uh, so, a hundred years ago, there were a series of murders among these very, very wealthy members of the Osage tribe in rural Oklahoma. Uh, estimates range from sixty tribe members. Into the hundreds, because there were a oh, lot of yeah. mysterious deaths that they couldn't say for sure were murders, but in retrospect, it looks like... They were just never investigated. Yeah, uh, and this was done by unscrupulous people, non-Indians mostly, mm-hmm. who wanted to get at their uh, oil rights or their head their rights. Their wealth. Yeah, their wealth. Um but keep in mind, uh, the Osage na- Nation was per capita the wealthiest nation in the world at the time, and the Osage couldn't get the local or state police to do much about it. Right. Uh, so I want to say a couple of things. Again, this uh-huh. is historical stuff yes. we're talking about, so it really <laughs> should not be a spoiler since it's... That's what I said when they were like, join it, spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler. I don't know. It's based on a true story. Right. Um. Martin Scorsese, once again, has cast actors that are very fine actors. Of course. Yeah. But are too old for the roles <laughs> they're playing. So I, I investigated this because yes. Leonardo DiCaprio plays a character, and this is not a spoiler because it shows up in the fir- first five minutes of the movie. He's just back from, from the Great War, from the Great World War One, and he's looking for work. And, mm-hmm. you know, Leo is close to 50. He is 48 years old, I looked yeah, it up. Yeah, right. 48 years old. 
He should have really been played by somebody closer to 30. Well, um, if they were trying to get like the whole everybody looked older back then, uh, he nailed it. Right. There was one scene he where they were showing rough. all these people like at the time of death. And it's like you know, They're like 29. 29. And I was like, it, damn, that's a rough 29. Super rough. Uh, well, maybe maybe people aged quicker and Leo right. was appropriate playing a 30-year-old, but his character was about 30. Okay. When uh, the story picks up. Robert De Niro's character was around 50. 50-ish, right? Well, De Niro is 80. He is 80. So this is yeah. two Scorsese movies in a row where he had Robert De Niro playing someone way younger than Robert De Niro had any business playing. They de-aged him. Oh, my God. How old do you think Lily Gladstone is? She's the one who played Molly. Okay, well, she's great. She was amazing. I loved her in this movie. She was a real revelation. I would say she's mid-30s. She's 37. Mm, okay. <laughs> what did you tell me in the movie? That was the first time Leo's kissed somebody over the age of 25 in his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than his mother. <laughs> you were like, I bet he's so disgusting. <laughs> right. Just, like, just because she's so elderly. She's 37. <laughs> right. She's only 11 years younger than woman. I am. Yeah, she's great. Um, there's one scene in the movie where uh, they're opening a ballet studio, and I've got to feel like that was a nod to two of the most famous people to ever come out of this town of Fairfax, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Maria Tallchief and her sister Marjorie Tallchief. Maria especially, the older sister, became the most famous dancer in the world Oh, uh, at her time. She was a ballet dancer. She was a uh, uh-huh. prima ballerina. A lot of people call her the first American prima ballerina. Oh, uh, right. okay. So I think that that whole thing about <gasps> opening a dance studio and a ballet studio was some kind of nod to uh, Maria and her sister Marjorie, who both only passed away within the past few years. Oh, wow. Four or five years. But they were actually born in the 20s. I think Maria was born in 25, uh, Marjorie in so 26. So she could have been one of the she little girls in that She could have been one of the Right. So I thought that was And she would have never been a ballerina had William Hill never opened up a dance studio. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if uh, Bill Hill actually paid. You know, apparently... I don't. I read a lot about the history of it, but mm-hmm. I did this all over the course of the afternoon, so I'm not an expert on it. But uh-huh. I did find out some interesting things about okay. it, including a previously unmentioned El Paso connection. <gasps> so I mentioned that the Osage really couldn't get the local law enforcement involved. In fact, the right. movie makes it seem like they were kind of in on it, the cover up and everything. Oh, for sure, yeah. So they went to this uh, federal organization, brand newly formed, uh, very, very early days of the FBI. Mm-hmm. And the agent who comes down is Tom White. Now, remember that name because he's the okay. El Paso connection, okay. right? Tom White is played by Jesse Plemons, yeah. who's always great and everything. Amazing. Uh, well, he was the agent sent in, and he was going to try and solve these murders. And he found evidence not only of the murders, but the massive cover-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, a handful of people got prison sentences. But, and this is where our El Paso connection is is starting to for, uh, firm up. After okay. the Osage murder cases in the 20s, mm-hmm. uh, Tom White, played by Jesse Plemons, mm-hmm. and, and it, this doesn't cover it in the movie. This is, this is not covered in the movie. Became right. the warden of Leavenworth Prison. Well, the... 
one of the characters, and I won't tell you which actor plays him because that might be a spoiler, ends okay. up being sentenced to life in Leavenworth Prison. Okay. So one of the guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, got it. Who uh, <laughs> Tom White helped get sent to prison ended up being a prisoner under his care at Leavenworth. Look at that. Amazing. This was 1931. 1932, Tom White uh, was taken hostage by prisoners, and he was shot, <gasps> but not killed, in a prison escape attempt. Oh, dang. And it was not the... Uh, it had, didn't have anything to do with the Osage murders. Okay. Anyway, they decided, hey, we need to give him a little less stressful duty. So they appointed mm-hmm. him to be the uh, an easier assignment, I guess. Mm-hmm. They made him warden of a brand new, brand new prison... Okay. That just opened in 1932, Latuna. Oh my God! So <gasps> Tom White and his wife Bessie moved to El Paso, and for ah! 20 years, Tom oh White he was the first warden, and he served for about 20 years as the warden of Latuna. Oh my God, Jesse Plemons. And I guess I, <laughs> I should say I know that Latuna is technically in New Mexico. No. It's on this side of the border, but is it Canutillo? You know, it's it's it, 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 it's El Paso, the outskirts right. of El Paso back in right. those days. Uh, Latuna was not only brand new, but Tom White uh, turned it into kind of like a model prison in that he uh, provided most of the food, was all grown and farmed. Oh, he, look at he that. He planted about 200 peach trees. He planted other fruit orchards. Oh. He had a massive turkey farm, a dairy. A dairy. A cattle ranch. Wow. At one point, the prison provided almost all of the food that the prisoners ate. Look at that. And they provided so much food, they had enough left uh-huh. over that they would either sell it at market or, in some cases, donate it to local community groups. Wow. Including Fort Bliss. Uh-huh. Uh, <gasps> this was considered pretty progressive because the, the prisoners at Latuna in those days would work on the farm. They'd work uh-huh. with the turkeys or they'd work over in the sorghum patch or they would uh, milk Pick the cows peaches. and they would learn uh-huh. you know some kind of skill some kind of life skill uh-huh. for whenever they got out so tom uh white was warden of latuna for 20 years wow he retired in 1951 all right after that he spent about six years uh, on the texas board of pardons and paroles but he settled in el paso so he and his wife oh my god uh, betsy settled down after he retired for good and spent the rest of their retirement in El Paso. Amazing. Tom White died on December 21st, 1971. And he is buried, I don't think this is too far from your house, at Restlawn Cemetery on Dyer Street. Oh my God! <laughs> you could go in there and find his headstone at Restlawn Cemetery. Oh my God! That's pretty cool. Do you kind of want to do that now? Yeah, I kind of want to go now. Like maybe make a, what's the thing called when you put a paper on there and you... You know what? I'm, uh, on a gravestone? No. What are you doing? You put it over the thing, and you use oh, a pencil you like and etch- it etches it. Yeah, kinda, yeah, right. We should. Dia de los Muertos is coming up. I was reading an article about this, and they said that in the book uh, "Killers of the Flower Moon," uh-huh. which was written by a, uh, a New Yorker uh, writer, okay. that it much more settled around Tom. It was about Tom White and the FBI coming in. Oh, and okay. And, and that they were saying Scorsese, and they said this was a good move. Made it a lot more about the 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 
the people there in uh, Osage country. Yeah, that was a smart move. About the victims, but also the perpetrators. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a pretty big movie. Yeah, because Jesse Plymouth doesn't even come in until like two and a half hours into the movie. I think we're like two two hours, 15 minutes into the movie, and I turn to Joanne and go, where's Jesse Plymouth? And I'm like, where's Brandon Fraser? (laughs) Where's Brandon Fraser? Uh... I cannot say enough about Lily Gladstone. What oh, a great job. She was great. Fantastic Loved that she her. did in that. So you want to talk a little uh, like What's who that? you think deserves an Oscar mention in this Oh, one? Oscar mentioned. Probably Leo. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Probably Lily Gladstone for best. See, oh, here's the funny sure, thing. Yeah. There, they, they would nominate her for best supporting actress, but she has so many lines because yeah. the movie's so long. She really should be best in the best actress category i love that final scene she has with leo oh, oh did, so good did you get that oh i can't say no yeah oh, we can't talk crud. about it no it was like very subtle and it's yeah. like why did she do what she did i know that's so good yeah we can't talk about it off the air so this is a shortened version but tom white went on to be the the very first warden of Latuna Amazing. Prison. He's buried just down the street from Joanna's house <laughs> in El Paso. And there's a real connection uh, to the oh flowers, Killers of the Flower Moon, which I recommend. Great I give movie. It five stars. Yeah. Okay, that's the after buzz. Oh, yeah, Everybody. this was good. Everybody go watch that movie. <laughs> uh, don't forget we have the Daily Buzz on Demand uh, podcast. And you can check out the after buzz Tuesdays and Thursdays. Brought to you by Sarah Farms. That's right. Discover the difference freshness makes by drinking Sarah Farms milk. Sponsors of both our Buzz on Demand podcast and the After Buzz. We will talk to you on the air at 6 o'clock tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow Thanks for joining us, everybody. (laughs) Bye.